Today, we are talking about that all-important thing that, guess what, all accountants are way too slow to take care of, and that is increasing your pricing. Yep, we're talking about why you should do it. I'll share some examples of how we've done it, but the bottom line is uh, you've got to increase your pricing. So let's get into that. We'll talk about all that here today on Drink While You Think, the weekly happy hour conversation between a couple of co-founders who are building their accounting firm in super strange and weird ways. I am your co-host, Kenji. He and I'm is, Matthew. There he is. Matthew, tell us today, who is sponsoring this episode? <clears throat> Today, our episode is sponsored by Anrock. Anrock, for all of your SaaS sales tax need. Do you want to streamline your sales tax delivery for your SaaS clients? Go to Anrock, anrock.com. How do you spell Anrock, by the way? A N R O K. Anrock.com. Gotcha. A N R O K. Check them out. Check Thank- them out. Thanks to our, our friends over there who cooked us up. We've got a chance to see Michelle um, at a couple of conferences here. Saw her just this week at AICPA Engaged. Hung out with her. Saw her in San Diego uh, at, at the accounting. And look what they sent to us. They got us some SF beers. So SF got, beers. You got to love this. I'm going with, uh, I've got the Anchors, Anchor Brewing Steam Beer. So that's one of the. The oldies but goodies, and yeah, and you're going. You said you're going Lagunitas. Yeah, yeah. It's a couple. These are a couple legendary. I'd say legendary, like older school craft beers. That are yeah, these around. might not be as obscure as some of the ones we've done before, uh, but uh, this is what we like. It's like sending us beers from your for wherever you are, and uh, and 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 sharing your part of the world with us. Absolutely. Thank you for that. That is a solid gift. Thanks, Team Anrock. Cheers, Matthew. Cheers. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, an oldie but a goodie. Oh, man. Solid, solid. Thanks, Team and Rock. All right. So, Matthew, a few weeks ago, I was at a private equity firm's annual meeting. You and are you, I are you not gonna are you not gonna start this with the confession that you screwed up all the audio? <laughs> In, in Las Vegas when we tried to record this, this episode. Okay, fine. Call me out. This is a take, this is a take two episode. We should we should even just do the video from that one for YouTube just because we'll see the, if our team can see the, the Bellagio fountains like uh, has such a great backdrop. We there. had we had the best video and the worst audio <laughs> of of any drink while you think of all time. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I just I did it from St. Lucia once, I guess. So, that was pretty good, but th- yeah, that was actually really good. That was up there. That this was- we were up higher, twenty first floor, looking down over the Bellagio fountains. The rest of the strip in the background, at least going. It just of- sucks because that was like it was going to be in the running for our drinkies for sure for like yeah, this year, like, right? It's going to be up there for one of them because like that was so cool, and we were didn't I did not even think about like the wind and all the noise coming from the strip out there, and we were just excited about how good the backdrop looked, and didn't even listen to it afterwards. Just anyway, just then, so then marketing this is take two. Tapped, marketing tapped us on the shoulder and was like, uh-uh, we ain't letting that going out. So if anybody well, noticed a break in the deliveries of the drink while you thinks, 
um, that is that is why the break also. That is why the so. break. But we like this topic enough, um, and it's something they'll have some more information on here at the end of the podcast. Um, but we want to talk about. But it got to my mind because again, we were at a private equity firm's annual meeting. Um, we partner with the folks over at Fulcrum Equity Partners. They are. Um, We've worked with a bunch of the portfolio companies. Matthew and I are limited partners in their funds. We really like the, their investing style. Um, and they're down here in the Southeast in Atlanta. We kind of like that presence too. And so I was attending their event virtually. And one of the partners, uh, Jim Douglas, made a comment about um, something. They, were, they go through each of the portfolio companies and they kind of give an update. But he was talking about one in particular, but said, something that they're telling every single one of their portfolio companies. And that was this, Jim said, there's never been a time better than right now to be increasing your pricing. There's never been a time. And it just kind of struck me, even though we're not a venture-backed startup company, I'm like, I think that holds true for probably every company. I think Jim could have even been speaking about anyone out there, not just the companies in their portfolio. Um, So I guess reaction to that, Matthew, um, Jim, is he being crazy? Is he just kind of making a statement or is that like on point? No, I mean, never let a good crisis go to waste, right? Like let's, mm-hmm. let's, uh, let's go out there and reset stuff. I mean, anytime you have a massive change, it's a great time to reevaluate everything, right? Um, whether it's, uh, you saw it in the pandemic with careers, people doing it with their careers and when an economic uh, recession hits like you've got to think about it also from a pricing perspective on the other side as the kind of the heads doing it i think he's totally on point um and the environment creates a scenario where more people are accepting and understand it and you don't have to do the full explanation of this is why we're doing it everybody's just a little bit expectant of this mm-hmm. so you're shortcutting that process too so yeah. you, you know when you raise prices because costs went up everybody understands that right in a macro level that's i don't know an industry where their cost didn't increase so yeah this was and i I was hearing today i was trying to look this up here um on the news this morning on bloomberg they just released more inflation data and it was problematic Is it was very problematic in the sense that it looked like at least the analysis was that the level that inflation was more broad than we've we've seen before, not just in places like fuel um, and other costs. It was fairly broad across most sectors. So that was a little concerning. I think stocks are taking, yeah, stocks are getting battered right now. This is you know Friday the tenth of June. Nasdaq's down almost three and a half percent. I mean, it's it got it got smoked today, and that was rough news. And so whether Jim was ahead of the game or other folks have been out there realizing this that. You, this needs to be a time when when costs are rising across the board, your prices better be going up. And so that's just a, you know, in fact, if you're not doing it until now, you're probably a little behind the curve here. Like you need to be going faster than this. So, um, <laughs> I mean, geez. So we should be raising our prices. <laughs> Again, now, like, uh, maybe we should pa- Just for the record, we're, we're, we're officially behind the curve, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so We are. We are. Like, like probably many are. Um, but I do want to take, talk about some steps that we've taken um, to kind of get ready for this. And to be fair, this was, yeah. we did increase historical yeah. prices recently. 
Well, let's maybe, let's maybe talk about that first, because I wonder how many other people are in the same boat that we are, where if you've been around a while, there's not a lot of firms who've probably been, cloud firms have been around as long as we are. But one of the challenges has been over time, most people's prices do increase, even if we've been slow, like us, to slow to increase them. And so you end up with clients who are on legacy pricing. So Matthew, you want to talk about how we kind of addressed that? That was an issue, yeah. a pretty growing issue that we had. <clears throat> yeah, we had nine years of legacy pricing. And uh, we just in in November uh, launched a what turned out to be a four month five month effort to um, to bring every legacy client onto the same pricing plan onto today's pricing. So we didn't increase pricing technically because uh, the new clients that were already at that pricing, um, but uh, any legacy client was brought up and. Um, just a little bit about how we decided to do that was um, first of all, we took the, the, we did an analysis on where we were losing money on clients. <laughs> you know, and so obviously we did the ones with the biggest gaps first, right? So we would take people that, that had some crazy um, pricing um, and all, many of them had been with us six or seven years and, and, and stuff like that. So they had really low, introductory pricing that we had never bumped up. So we we took that set first. Um, we we launched a email to those uh, folks in November. Um, um, in every instance we did this, we, we had just sets of clients we would do and we did them all the same way. So if you got your notification in November, um, you, then your pricing went into effect in January, the new pricing. Uh, one thing we strategically did not do um, because our engagement letter allows for this is we didn't require the counterparty to sign. So our customers didn't have to, our clients didn't have to sign an engagement letter. They got the notification. Um, we have a 30-day notice in our terms of service. And then in, in the, we kind of aired on whatever the rounding was. So like if it went on November, anytime in November, we didn't start until January 1st. And that was just for administrative ease for us. And then in that communication, we we had options for them, right? If you want to talk to somebody about how, like if you've been affected by the pandemic and you want to talk about kind of ways we can smooth this in or ways that you can uh, uh, reduce your service level and still meet your needs, then let us know. And uh, we had a point person on that running all those conversations. So it was a really, it was actually a pretty decent process. I was really naive thinking we could get through all of our clients in like a quarter. Um, but it really took, I think we started sending notifications out in November and then the final ones went out in either February or March. Okay. And it took, so that meant April was the first time we started in November. April was the first time we had all the pricing up and, and going for everybody. So, uh, do you have a sense from our client base, like what what percentage of our client base needed to have a an adjustment up to current rates? Oh, it was a lot. Uh, I think it was a third. It was a thing. Yeah. We did it with two hundred and fifty clients, I believe it. So we had two hundred and fifty clients not on today's packages. Yeah, yeah. Which that's that's substantial effort and. And um, was not easy. I think you and the team did a great job with that, but that was not an easy endeavor. And so going back to, I think one thing that you said did make it a little bit easier for us was 
Um, we did not have a process of a new engagement letter, or some people say we'll have an SOW statements of work or change orders that require a signature, kind of almost a re-engaged sales process to extend to back with the client. We had built that into pricing that into our original engagement letters. And that's been important. We have that, uh, we have updated pricing and things on our website for people to see that. But that was one thing I think we were clear on that if we ever got around to making changes, we didn't want to have to re-engage in a whole sales process, which I think is something firms should consider. Because I don't know that we've never had a pushback on that from a client, you know, have we, when we said, hey, we can come back in and change rates just by stating that in the engagement letter, have we? Um, no. As long as there's, you give them ample notification, which we did. Yeah. I mean, one of the advantages that we have, one of the advantages to 30-day contracts or monthly service offering, and I know there's a big debate with some people, they like the one year's guarantee. You know, if you're doing a one-year contract, and it's on renewals, you you kind of have to roll this out based on the renewal strategy. Since yeah. we have everybody on monthly contracts um, and monthly renewals, that's a little different, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, that's a whole another episode on monthly versus annual, I think. Right, right. You know, when you're a services firm, I, I think monthly is, is the way to go. I really do. But um, I know a lot of people are worried about returning capital, but to yeah. me, you got to believe in your people at some point, you know? Yeah. How so? How often do we think we will probably increase our prices? Now that we've kind of got everybody caught back up, what's kind of our plan? You think going forward? I think the the best practice is annual. Right? Annual seems right, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, from a services firm perspective, I would flip it on you. Say, how how often should we be increasing people's salaries? Yeah, I think. You're you're beating me to it, but I'm glad you mentioned it. I think that's where firms that don't consider the two of those together, that's where problems really take hold. If you're not doing both those together in some shape or fashion, which is a little bit kind of why we probably gotten away from in certain cases of always needing to increase pricing um, is because we do in many cases have our compensation plans pretty closely aligned to the way that we price. We have a lot of team members who've historically been paid a percent of their revenue. Um, and so it does, so those things happen sometimes in tandem. When they have a new client comes in and we put them on a new client, uh, in some cases they're getting a benefit at, at certain levels of, or new pricing plan, they're getting a percentage of that, whatever that new pricing, which has historically been higher than it has been. So it's kind of self-adjusted, but it probably got us into a little bit of a pattern of being a little slow to make the changes. I do agree with you. I think annually, that's what I've seen from, I think, fairly progressive firms are really good about doing that every time a year. They're good about foreshadowing that to clients of saying, hey, it's coming. And I agree. I I think it creates margin for team members to have compensation increases because right now we know labor rates are going up. And so if you want to retain people without it completely coming out of your margin, uh, of the the firm's margin to run operations, then you've got to find some way to go ahead and, and pay for that. And historically it's been in the terms of rates. Um, we've just been, I mean, now it's hard to attribute just one thing to this, but we've we've seen our, our profitability margins as a firm go up pretty substantially. Now to be fair, we've always had very low profit margins at Acuity. We've been open about that on this podcast. We've always do a lot of reinvestment back in our business. And so you know, going from a few percentage points of, of EBITDA up to a few more isn't that huge, but we're 
we're probably running at about at least right now, 2x of where we were, if not a little higher um, prior to these increases. I, I can't say, I don't think you would either, that these are all due to the price increase, but I think a pretty big component of it, that margin increase is the pricing increases. Yeah. I mean, well, if you think about what happened, so we lose 5% of our worst performing clients from a financial perspective. So you take the 5% that were the worst margins out of the case, the revenues replaced by the price increases, right? For the 5%. So you actually got rid of 5% of your you know, whatever that was, I'm, it looked like we lost like 30 clients out of the deal. Yeah. So about five of these, again, so, we'll come back. So you this. can imagine losing 30 clients and not losing any revenue. Yeah. Like that's, that was the effect of our price increase. That's how big of an impact it had on yeah. our firm. So it was like, and if, I mean, we're talking about taking people up from that were not at $2.99 a month yeah. to $2.99 a month. Yeah. So they clearly didn't value or were bad fits our services if they didn't value us $300 a month or $449, which is our weekly pricing a month. Yeah. Like those were the two top things. And we're like, people are like, oh, you have a 100% increase. Like when you go from 150 bucks a month to 299, I get that it's a 100% increase, but it's like, hey, like it's 150 bucks. It's like, that's like, you can shop it if you want. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> like, good luck. Like that was that's that's kind of rough, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the other thing we did, um, you know, which was we actually had a philosophical change. We switched to passing through technology fees from bundling because Bill.com and Intuit and Expensify killed us so bad on that. I'm glad you they, glad you mentioned that. I was having a conversation with uh Twyla from FreshBooks about that. Uh, I'd love to say that we were having that um, in a session, but we were having that in a in one of the Las Vegas pools. I mean, we were only we were the only ones privileged to hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> but we were talking about that exactly about how we we're handling the technology fees. And you're right, that has helped because we used to do a lot of bundling of technology. Thought that'd be easier on clients. We found that actually it was more difficult because. Um, we would get frustrated with when one of our 20 tech stack partners would change their pricing because then we had to quickly go and adapt it and figure things out based on their pricing methodologies. And, you know, at the end of the day, yes, it's frustrating for us as firm owners, but like those businesses need to change their pricing too. But when we're also getting caught up and having to pass that along, it became difficult. So we, we got a chance to take a look at not just increasing pricing, but I was changing kind of the transparency of it, of, saying, hey, let's just be clear, this includes some pricing we're passing along to you that we're only moving it up because we don't have a choice to do that because bill.com or zero or someone modified their pricing. And I yeah. think that transparency is is better. Initially, we thought it was easier if they just paid one price for being bundled, but they effectively are still, they can just see it line up. They still get one bill. They yeah. still get on their credit card, they can see the one price. But mm -hmm. like when you see it broken out, we're... Yeah, breaking out the charges, and then for some of them, like QuickBooks, that are just continuing into it's just continually to be more difficult to work with. Yeah. We're just letting people pay it direct, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to go back to something you mentioned. So you said there are about five percent of I'd call them 
30 clients in this whole 250 or, or so. Or I guess that's 10% out of the 250. So somewhere yeah. between 10 and 12%. So okay. I think it was 30 is I think what the number. So of- let's, let's, let's roughly break down the numbers just so that someone who might be planning on going back to legacy clients and making this increase. Yeah. Um, just our experience doesn't mean it's going to model yours, but so let's say, so we lost roughly the people who had to oh, 10 to 12%, 30. you said. Yeah, what was it? Thirty times four four hundred or the smaller ones. So we lost twelve k of MRR. Okay, so we lost. Well, well, uh, let's do it in percentage oh, terms. Let's do it in percentage terms. These people oh, to wrap their head around. Well, it, it it it's not real clean. So I'll I'll tell you this. Um, when I looked at it really hard, I, I looked at like especially the November and December clients, and it was actually to the point that we could lose one out of four clients and be a push in that group, mm-hmm. you know? And then it was, um, you know, the other ones were, you know, the January through March group, we, it was more like one out of 10 uh, we could lose and, and it be a push uh, as a whole. So at the end of the day, you know, um, with those two combined, that's why the 10% and the 10% of those 250 getting those notices didn't, didn't hurt us. Right. It was because we were kind of at that ten percent in that first group. It was like twenty. We could have lost twenty five percent, thirty percent, and 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 had a just because the had, size of some of those, right? Had yeah, a push. Were, yeah, yeah. So I think we are. <clears throat> so on two hundred fifty clients, we lost thirty, and we had a net increase of revenue, and we didn't have to serve thirty clients. Yeah. That was the impact, and I don't remember what the precise amount of the increase was, but we were net positive, um, and. By a pretty good amount. Um, and so it was a big, but, I'd say, but I but when, when, you ta- when you take it down and say, hey, we're getting rid of people who are not a fit in low performing margin work that are not clients that anybody shed a tear about losing, right? And you get it more simplified and you get I mean, a price. You always shed a tear about losing. I mean, well, that, I mean people. I, that's, but, that's true. That's true. But, that's fair. Not, but to be fair, these are the clients that like they're not a fit they definitely aren't a fit or don't appreciate our service or need to do something else and this was just their excuse to do something else yep that just has to be okay i wouldn't say you know some of the people we liked you know had to make changes but i mean that's it, probably yeah you were closer it, to that it, than i was I it was that. it was but, rare i think it was more often the case where nobody shed a tear um when when that when that happened so but yeah. in simple terms in simple simple terms Okay, let's break down at least our percentages of cl- number of clients lost in percentage. So can we just call it, we'll call it 10%. We're, 10%. It's a little a little under 10% that we lost. A little over 10%. It was like 12. Say 12. Okay, 12. 12%. 12% we lost. We're going to have to make me do harder math now. <laughs> 12% we lost. Um, use 10. Use 10. Okay. Okay. And then how many, um, when you sent out the notice, took the pricing change, no questions asked, like non-issue completely? 85%. 85%. So then we only had that after that, call it 5% that we had to kind of go and have conversations with. Yeah. Okay. So that was our experience. 85% so you, we, we had, cared less. We had, we had conversations with 15%, right? And two thirds of them ended up leaving or downsizing substantially. Okay. So, gotcha. and, and 5% were fine at the end of the day. We, okay. we made it a summary of jiggering, but okay, a lot of them were just like, okay, it's just nice to talk to you. Thanks for giving us a discount for five years and not bumping us up to your pricing right the last three years you know right right a lot of people are really appreciative like yeah. we got a lot of mileage out like hey thanks for for doing the 
you know. Was there anywhere else? So one, you know, I think the other opportunity that you mentioned, I'm glad you did. We didn't talk about it and take take number one of this is not just increasing pricing, you know, to getting to something that that it works better for us and our team, but also taking a look at the methodology we were pricing with. We talked about how now we're going to take the technology costs and pass those directly through in a more transparent way. Was there anywhere else that we kind of went through and said, oh, we need to make updates to this stuff needs to be more fixed pricing. This one needs to be built on different variables, or were we mostly just focused on kind of getting everybody kind of cleaned up? No, we had some great conversations, particularly there's a couple areas where we had some great conversations. One was um, around the technology fees that we already talked about. So that was the largest change. So we added like 20, 20 SKUs for technologies mm-hmm. that were passing through in different ways and stuff like that and, and breaking that out for that. So I, and we have order magnitude. We have about 100 SKUs in the uh, in Salesforce that we can pick from when our salespeople are selling. So 20 of them probably are net add just on technology. So we had a huge change there from a numbers perspective. From a philosophy perspective, we also saw kind of the impact of the e-commerce practice. Um, you know, we in the Catching Clouds merger, um, we, we had a little bit different methodologies and pricing in our senior accountant staff and our controller staff. And so we 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 were able to construct some of these more productized controller and senior accountant products that we never had before. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that are new to the podcast, the um, we've always billed hourly for our controller team. So we have only we have fi- we have productized pricing, fixed pricing at our bookkeeping level and tax level, but our CFO and controller teams typically bill hourly. So that was a big like philosophical change. And that kind of when we pushed that through to the controller team lead, that started some great conversations about how that team could function on some of these clients that are kind of like rinse and repeat four hours a month, every four hours, like that want a budget, that are on a budget, that want more control over their costs and want to just know the costs. And it created some good conversations. It absolutely did. So I think as we get to this and we're kind of and making sure that everyone's kind of aware that this is, yeah, it's tough. It can be a tough conversation that sometimes you feel like, oh, I don't want to, the client's going to say, no, I'm going to get a bunch of pushback is, and yeah, there'll be a little bit of that, but hope from our experience, you're hearing, there's actually relatively little of that. In fact, many of the conversations were great conversations. Sometimes someone just needed to make a change away from us. It was fine. And the financial upsides to your firm and to your team members is substantial, not just we're not talking about all he's just putting extra money in everybody's pocket. Sometimes well, you gotta make, I, you gotta make I, sure that we are we are focused on yeah, if you don't I mean, if you don't do this, you're really gonna fall behind here and fall in a hard, hard way financially. Well, the other thing that was kind of like an aha moment, and we have a like a pretty decent customer success, you know, ops feedback function with our clients. It's not as good as it should be, clearly up from the but. One of the thing a pricing increase did, and you should be ready for this and have a process for this. It brings to the front, the forefront, issues with your service delivery. Mm-hmm. So people that are pissed about your service delivery and just being passive right now, and aren't giving you feedback when you do a pricing increases, give you feedback. Yeah, you'll you'll get the ones that are really pissed. 
they'll show up in your survey on your NPS. They'll fill out the NPS form and give you a zero or one or whatever it is. But guess what? The ones that to your point are like moderately, like maybe a five or a four. Yeah. They won't do anything until you say, by the way, I'm going to increase your pricing. And then you get to hear about what's. And then you get to hear, I wish you were doing this and that. And then you can have these opportunities to say, oh, that's, you haven't signed up for that service or we weren't, we, we definitely have a breakdown in communication. We can definitely provide that service. We were under the impression it was this, that, or the other. So it creates this opportunity if you do the communication right to get people to the right service levels, to have communication, to identify service deficiencies in your products and your people, and um, and to really make some progress, you know? Yeah, absolutely does. Absolutely does. Um, a good way to continue this conversation, or at least to continue this process as you think about it in your firm, you can certainly reach out to either one of us. We like talking about it. We were just talking about it, like we said, at AICPA Engage with some of our friends this week. But also, um, we're going to be doing a a webinar with our friends from Gusto, Caleb Newquist and I on June the 23rd. That'll be, gosh, just in only a few weeks and probably only about a week after this drops, we're going to be doing a webinar called How to Finally Adjust Your Pricing. So come catch up with me and Caleb as we dig in some more about that. Um, I think there might be some engaged recordings. Liz Liz Mason did a a session on it um, on pricing. Uh, at seven in the morning. So hopefully there's a recording for some people. Lots and, of folks out there talking about this and lots yeah. of help and support out there. Reach out to us, check in with uh, me and Caleb, look for Liz's recording. You can always reach out to her too. Liz is easy to find over at High Rock and is always super helpful to the accounting community. All right, Matthew, the time has come to rate some beers. So okay. let me pull up this up. I've got mine ready to roll here. It is the, again, this is the, a little something, something ale from Lagunitas, Lagunitas, however you want to say it, Lagunitas? Lagunitas. Lagunitas, I think that sounds right. Um, I love this. This is just such a classic. It's interesting though, it is a wheat beer pale ale, which I always forgot about that one. It's a little bit different than usual. I'm going to go 425 on this. Um, Matthew, give me the, you've got the classic. I've got the anchor. Okay, we're going to go to the anchor. I'm going with the anchor, and, and uh, I'm going to go with a 3.5. Three, 3.5. Five. Three, five. You're right. You're, you're giving them just a little bit higher than average there. I like that. And for you, that's a, that's a, that's not a bad showing. I don't want people to think it's terrible, but for that's Matthew. That's a terrible beer. That's not my kind of beer usually, but I, I, I was like the uh, the great folks of Anrock. I was going to say. Sent, sent those over, and then... Um, they're helping to streamline our SaaS sales tax problem. So I thought, uh, I, I didn't want to, uh, I mean, it wasn't a stout, but um, I'm getting better though in the summer. I have to say this week, I went really heavy on like a bunch of the lighter summery beers. And I kind of remember enjoying like yeah. some of the summer beers. So I, I had, you know. You're branching out. Your your palate is going. Well, I mean, I've done that before, but I've kind of been in this stout and, you know, I think that's good that you like, you know, what you like, but I think also, um, you're not, kind of, you're expanding to where, um, you're going the seasonal route approach, right? You're figuring out, Hey, what are the good pool beers, the beach beers, what are the good summertime beers? What are the good tailgate beers? You know, yeah. you, you branch out a little bit. And so, uh, it's great, great for uh, Michelle and Brad over and rock to hook us up with these. We really appreciate y'all. 
I uh, look forward to kind of working with them more because we're with our SaaS client base. We're certainly going to need to take a look at ways to deal sales with. Tax, sales uh, tax is just hammering some states worse than others right now in SaaS. Yeah, it ain't going to get any better. Tell you that it's much. coming, guys. It's so coming. So get reach ready. out to the NROC guys. Please do. Uh, cheers, man. It's been a good week traveling with you, by the way, also, too. That's oh, yeah. I, 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 yeah. Enjoy your family, Kenji. Since I am. Since uh, we've been hanging around the last week. So, yeah. Cheers, everyone. Don't forget to subscribe. Drop us some comments. And of course, send us some beer if you want us to shout you out or if you want to come on the podcast. We'd love to have you. Cheers, everyone.